0: start and end your day with the good news the good news with angie austin find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com now here's angie austin and friends with the good news
1: hey it is the good news we're going to talk a little bit about the debate uh, last night which i don't know if that's good news or not and then i also want to talk about uh colin kaepernick and another way to actually uh show unity Uh, that it does not involve disrespecting the national anthem or our flag or our country. Uh, Pastor John Byrne is here and therapist Lisa Dunning. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good Good
2: evening. (laughs) (laughs) Good 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 something. I had a late night with the debate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I know. know I was so tired
1: when I woke up. I didn't even know what time it was because I stayed up. And then we have to prep and pull sound bites for the morning show and everything. Um, Okay. So I talked about it for three hours this morning. So I don't want to talk about it too much this (laughs) afternoon. All right, so I do want to start though talking about Colin Kaepernick and a lot of people don't like how he is uh uh protesting uh by not standing for the national anthem, especially people who have served our country or are currently serving. Uh, specifically, I remember a veteran who doesn't have legs saying, "I'll stand for you, Colin." But um, on ESPN, the announcer um, drew attention to what the Saints and the Falcons decided to do. So the Saints quarterback Drew Brees apparently uh contacted uh The Falcons quarterback, Matt Ryan, or vice versa. They got in touch with each other and decided to be, quote, unquote, completely respectful of the anthem with all players standing at attention. And then the players' circle of togetherness, when they uh, formed a circle of unity, was the way that they thought that they would show their unity in the protest, per se, but not disrespecting the country. I thought it was a beautiful thing to do with all these big old football players holding hands in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it's and it's uh it's a good message too. U- unity is, is we wanna be united with our with our brothers and sisters who are Americans and um and, and just be united and, and still respect the national national anthem and the flag and the people in uniform and all those kinds of things.
2: Well, and I always tell people, you know, you might have a great message. It's how you relay that message, you know, so you could do it appropriately or not appropriately. And this is appropriately because then now people really, you know, can hear you and respect that. And maybe that's where change can happen. When there's controversy, people get so caught up in the controversy, they're missing the message because how you're relaying it.
1: Well, and the coaches and the team, the owners don't want a bunch of bad pub either, publicity. And so some of the players said they support Kaepernick, but they just didn't feel that they wanted to support the way that he's protesting. And Coach Payton asked a few of the players what they thought of the idea, and then he asked the Falcons coach, Dan Quinn, about the idea. They were all for it. I think that it's a strong statement. I, I personally think it's a stronger statement because it's not as polarizing. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing I, I like about that. I, I might not— agree with how Kaepernick views things or his perspective on what things that have happened but I could participate in something like that that says look we want to be united as Americans
1: right and come and together want, yeah
3: we want to come together and we want to we want to get rid of the division and, and those kinds of things
1: so many of them um, support Kaepernick protesting against racial inequality and police brutality but we all may have differing views on whether or not um, we're all-in for some of the ideas. I don't like the rush to judgment and I know that there are, uh, are a few bad apples in the, you know, police department and bad apples amongst the protesters, but I don't like to lump everyone together and just kind of make a blanket statement about a group, um, whether it be, um, you know, a group that is in a certain profession or a group that is of a certain color. I just don't right. like to do that. Right. Um, but anyway, I do understand what the protest is about. I just don't like how we went about it. All right, let's talk about something we may not have liked either. <laughs> I know, okay, first of all, as a pastor, pastor, Pastor John Byrne, Uh um, you you post on Facebook things. And what's interesting is my husband was ticked about it because he doesn't believe that politics belong in the pulpit. And when we have been, he's liberal, I'm conservative. And we were at a big church that's really well known in Denver for several years. And he did not like it when the pastor brought up politics, because I guess he made the assumption that the majority of the people sitting in the pews were conservative, which he may have been correct in that. But it riled my husband up because my my husband loves a good debate and our other friend, Pastor John Moreland, and he's not here to defend himself, but he um, was posting about politics, and he's very outspoken, and he's conservative. And my husband said, well, I don't think as a pastor that he should be posting about politics. So I found it very interesting that when you came in, Therapist Lisa said, Pastor John Byrne, you were posting about politics last night. (laughs) Well, actually,
3: what I posted was that I did not watch the debate, and I found a way to distract myself and an excuse. But I do sometimes post about politics. That is true. And here's the, here's what's interesting. I find it funny that, you know, we live in a country where we're supposed to have freedom of speech unless you're a Pastor? Pastor, right, <laughs> right. No, so, like, I, just, I can't no,
1: I'm just telling you what my husband said. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't have freedom of speech, but yeah, like, like you're not supposed to be political because you're you're a Christian and you're forgiven and set free. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. don't, I, I don't know either. I'm well, not saying I agree with it. Yeah.
3: No. Here's what's funny: if you read, if you go and you read the Bible, whether it's you know the Old Testament, especially and especially the Book of Revelation, what you find if you understand Revelation well, you find that politics are all over the place. I mean, there's constant politics in the Bible. And Constant engagement by the by by Israel in the Old Testament and by you know whether it's Daniel was an official or, or you know I mean there's there's New Joseph I mean there's numerous people who were involved in politics the prophets spoke out against the government at times um, it, so there's constant uh, addressing political issues and justice issues and things like that in scripture. And um, and so I don't I don't get up in the pulpit and I don't go, hey, you should be a conservative or you should be a liberal or you should support this candidate. Well, didn't candidate, another
1: pastor, but, like not to get personal, but didn't another pastor go after you?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's not the first time. Uh, you know and
1: I, and I see the same thing happen with Pastor Moreland, yeah, you know because not all of his uh congregation obviously is right conservative
3: well and and the same pastor uh, is a mutual friend of of John Moreland and myself, oh, and interesting. so yeah, so we've both had conversations uh with him, and um we just we and I tend to be aligned a little bit more with pastor Moreland. and uh and yeah he he kind of he's come after me anyways on a couple of occasions and and called me out and i in ways i didn't think were quite fair, but you know, so yeah. So how can you be a pastor and say that kind of thing and those kind of, but you know, I, I from my perspective, I address things in a biblical manner. I try to. I you know, I work hard to make sure I'm following scripture and those kinds of things. Um and I think debate's important so I don't shy away from a, oh, a yeah. good debate. I was
1: gonna love to debate. <laughs> yeah.
3: And I think it's important, but we need to be able to do it without not being offensive. Which,
1: which, by the way, Lisa, if we have time in the next segment, I do want to talk about um, how to not get in an argument. If we have time, because you know, this whole it's getting a little mm-hmm. nastier, and people unfriending people on Facebook, yeah. and it's getting personal. And I have many friends that have very different beliefs than myself. And maybe the way that I kind of keep the peace is I don't debate much off of the radio. I'm fine expressing my opinions on the radio to my audience because people can tune in or tune me out. But I feel like in person. Um, I don't know what someone's asking for my opinion. And a lot I had someone say when I said I don't know that I'm gonna change anyone's mind, she wrote to me and said, Well, I changed my neighbor's mind, you know, she was liberal and you know, through years and years of talking this, that and the other, you know, they're conservative now or they're Republicans now, but I, I don't know. I I just don't feel it's my calling. And you know, when I debate people too on the radio, the tough thing for me is like this morning the guy that I'm debating who was liberal, he's uh talking about Kennedy's and um, Nixon's uh, (laughs) debate and how different it was and how the media wasn't a big part of it and how they weren't as polished. and, And I thought, well, right there, like my life has not been politics. Right. And so my life's about my faith and my family, and I've covered a ton of news. But news is every day. There's something new. You get the facts, and then you move on to the next story. Right. It's new, and you get the facts and move on to the next story. Uh, you know, Political people who do that for their, their mm-hmm. living um, and make speeches all over the country, and this guy had been in public office. He'd been an elected official. Um, I don't know that that's my, my, air, my calling, to right. debate right. someone like that. That's right. just not enjoyable to me. I don't mm-hmm. think it's fun. I don't want to be the next Rush Limbaugh. It's right. just not my deal. You yeah. know, but I do feel like they waste our time talking about petty things like you know Miss Universe or someone's weight or um, a cough or a sniffle. Like I don't care about a sniffle, right. and I certainly don't um, uh, appreciate um, one of the oh gosh, and I'll think of his name in a minute because I talked about him this morning. Make he, oh, who is the guy that made the crazy like he ran for president and he made the hula. And then they're like, "Oh my oh, gosh, he's nuts!" Like, I know you're talking about. Oh my about gosh, he's nuts! Like, we, Edwards we, uh, was it? No, John, no? no, it wasn't John Edwards? He's got his own issues. Is he, um, <laughs> yeah. he, he older? Uh, no, not that old. Oh, okay. oh, I can't believe I can't think of it. Anyway, uh, oh. he said he's sniffling, and he said, uh, "Why w- cocaine?" Question mark Really? <laughs> you're going to say that about Donald Trump when you've run for president and you had your own hooah controversy? Yeah. And I want to know who. And are you're you're, you're going to say that? Like that is so.
2: I, I couldn't believe it. Well, you know what? It, and I don't care if he sniffles. No, well, the thing is... You know, because we all have the Facebook posts and stuff like that, and this is where you kind of have to watch out what you're really arguing about. There's some people that no matter what, especially um, liberals, where Donald Trump will come on the stage and they'll immediately pick him apart, like he can't win, whether you like him or not. You know, he can't win, and and we'll say on the other side possibly Hillary too. Howard Dean. That is. There you go. I
1: mean, really, Howard Dean. Sorry, I just had like mind freaks from getting up at three Um, a.m. Okay, and her too. Like, I don't care if her pantsuit looks like an oven mitt. Right. (laughs) I don't care. But
2: I think we get we digress to that area yes, and because we, don't care. we want to know: Can we send our kids to college? We right. want to
1: know uh, what, uh, how much your school lunches next year? We want to know like: Can we afford to get a, a newer car with insurance that will but get I, us further? But we but don't I, care about the pantsuit, the sniffles, I think and the whatever. But pantsuit. by the way, what's his face? He didn't. Um, he got a lot of Lester Holt. Yeah, yeah. where's Lester? Was trying to you know where's Lester? One guy said he went to the refrigerator to get a gallon of milk or a, you know the box of milk, and Lester Holt's picture was on the side because he was missing. <laughs> He's missing. From the you know, debate, right. um, he didn't ask her at all no. about donations right. um, that Foundation. were linked to her right. as Secretary of State and to the Clinton Foundation. I mean, he was really easy well, on her, and many of his questions were crafted to kind of make Trump defend himself. Well,
2: Giuliani said that it, if it was him, he wouldn't have Trump debate anymore. Um, he said,
1: unless he could get someone fair. Right. And he's going to have Anderson Cooper and Martha Raditz, isn't it? I mean,
2: yeah, yeah so we could already see how that's going to go yeah, but right. but the point is I think we digress to yes. the sniffling and the pantsuit when we're like wait they might have made a good point and I don't want to Admit that person made a good point, so let's talk about the sniffling and let's yeah. get
1: off that. Or, like, a lawsuit from uh, when Trump was in his 30s to try right. to bring up that he was racist, we're going to bring that up, but not like the server, the, the emails, yeah, the I destroying believe- you know devices right. with hammers by her you right. know mucky or by, by her underlings, Staff, yeah, um, yeah, and then the, the the weird, um, shady, fishy contributions, you know, oh, oh, maybe, um, you, oh, you want to meet with Hillary? Well, slide us a check to the Clinton Foundation right. will open the door tomorrow. Right. You know, really, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a lawsuit where he didn't admit any guilt from his 30s. Right. Well,
3: yeah. This this is why I found a reason not to watch the debate <laughs> Oh, you didn't watch? last night. No, I was. I, I was
1: falling asleep by the end. All of it. Were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she was
2: very well polished. I mean, yeah. she definitely had rehearsed. Definitely, you know. But I feel, you know, it's not my therapy hat, but uh, <laughs> you know what Trump said was very, you know, succinct where he said she's been at this for 30 years and there hasn't been change. What right. makes it gonna be that there's gonna be change why give her, now? Why give her right? four
3: more, eight more?
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot there, but I don't. I personally don't think the debate changed anybody's minds. Do you, Angie? No.
1: And I and I read that today. I, I on Facebook, did anyone's mind mind get changed? Uh, Trump accuses Lester Holt of letting Hillary off on the scandals of Benghazi and uh, also the fishy contributions. Uh, another headline: Donald Trump pulled back from talking about Bill Clinton's Monica Lewinsky affair and other you know, dealings with women um, and his lies because he did not want to hurt their daughter Chelsea who was in the front of the crowd which I actually respect that yes. um, then Amy Schumer the comedian and also um, Colbert went on about the sniffling was distracting uh, Colbert says he sounded like he was fighting a cold of cocaine really uh, <laughs> but you know he's a comedian so we expect that and then there were some big headlines about Hillary going after him for being sexist and racist uh, uh, I, I I don't know. I just I'm troubled. I'm sad. Like I, I yeah. just wish we had better options. And it it is what it is. And we've got to figure out where to go from here with our country. And many of us really love living here and mm-hmm. really would like things to be a little bit better.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think you know you, you need to rest in the fact that God is sovereign and uh, He's not surprised. He won't be surprised in November when the election takes place. And um, He's in control. So. I guess that's kind of where I where I stand. You know, I'm, I'm going to. Why you vote. weren't watching last night? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I'm going to vote, and I pay a lot of attention. Um, I get a little sick of the the debates because they, of how they're spun and the format. I don't think it's really and beneficial, the and yeah, I, I I don't know that they change a lot of people's minds. Right, um, I don't think so. So. You know, but God well, is sovereign.
2: You never know. I mean, someone if someone came out so horribly, you know, then I think sure. possibly, right? I don't I don't think, I think people are going to vote for yeah. who they want to vote for. Okay. You know, it's already set.
1: You know what, Lisa, and let's save some of our good news for the next segment. And do we want to talk a little bit about um, how to avoid an argument? I mean, I do think that there are certain people that like to argue and mm-hmm. they think it's fun. <laughs> And I would say that my, you do, I I would say my husband actually enjoys it. And my mom actually went downstairs to uh, watch her big screen in the basement because I think she was hiding from my husband. Uh (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, because I said, I said, it was really funny. I said, what, did you hide downstairs uh, last night? So, uh, you know, Mark wouldn't debate with you. Um, and, and bait you because he likes to just ask her questions. Oh, you think he's working? Uh, yeah, I think Trump's going to work for you. You think the Republicans are helping you as a retiree? You think, blah, blah. blah. And so, and then my poor mother, who is <laughs> not a debater, okay. I mean, for goodness sakes, my mom was in a, an abusive relationship for 20 years. So she mm-hmm. does not like confrontation at all. And so she goes, no, no. I didn't go downstairs to avoid you. I just thought you guys might as like some time together. <laughs> like, you never give us During time the together, debate, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> she never gives us time together. You know, she's constantly up there watching football, watching basketball, That's watching funny. Wheel of Fortune. Like she wants to be right in the middle of the living room in her special chair right. with her popcorn. She did not go down to give us time together. No, she was trying to avoid him, and she doesn't want to admit it to me. That's How do you art-
3: think Angie like imitates you, and you're not here, and you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Put on my therapist (laughs) hat. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get my coffee. Yeah, I was going to say, Where's the New York accent? Uh, Get my coffee and put on my hat. (laughs) All right, so. Let's, let's talk about how do you avoid an argument. Like, you don't want friendships to be ruined over right. this. We right. care about people who are ma- – I did the majority of the people in my extended family are liberal, except for my uncle who has the Fox News logo, like, burned into his TV screen because right. he watches it for so long.
2: Well, I think, you know, what your mom did actually is respectful. She didn't engage. She walked away from it. She avoided it because she knew possibly that it was going to happen. So I think that's one is having enough control where you're like, you know what, I can let this go and walk away I don't have to banter back and forth because a debate takes two you know right. an argument right. takes two so you do not have to engage but I think the biggest one that I'm seeing on Facebook the the biggest one I see actually in my own family is when it becomes so personally attacking mm-hmm. And I've oh in talked- your own family you oh, see that oh, see what? therapist Lisa unfriended a relative actually Ooh. oh no there- didn't you just unfollow you unfriended I unfriended a relative over over this therapist Lisa um, no see
1: therapist healed yeah.
2: myself
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need help too you know because it became so attacking and then what I did was I went to her to make sure like what I read was accurate and it was from her perspective. And so in my mind, it was like, you know, what I need to do, why would I want someone on my post who views myself in a derogatory way? And then this is the interesting thing. You know, it, it's also adults. How do you ha- resolve conflict, right?
1: Right. Family so, reunion is so not going to be so, yeah, pretty. <laughs> see,
2: I'm divulging a lot of information here. She went... I won't say my age, but I'm getting up there. She went to my parents to complain about <laughs> the issue, right? Wow. you're
3: you're at least over thirty, so and I mean, it, you know, it's. She, uh... <laughs> went,
2: she went to the, she went to my parents, parents. To, to and then my parents called my no, my dad called me. Did he really? Oh, I'm so serious. I oh had a I had to get an age check gosh. on me. So <laughs> this is the funny thing. So my son, who's 17, and my brother are having the same banter. My brother unfriended my son, who is a very dysfunctional family. Now you know why I'm a a therapist, right? It's like a reality TV show, show. right? This is so funny. No wonder you picked this topic. Right? This is funny. But now this is my 17-year-old son who was unfriended. He confronted my brother, and I'm like, wow, how mature is that? So here a 17-year-old didn't go to his parents. He just expressed, like, you know, why did you unfriend me? Um, You know, here we are. What does brother say? He friended him back. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah, people do things in the heat of the right? moment. Right. So, like that little jab. they and want to And that's what in. I would do with with my it's my sister in law. If if she came to me and discussed it, you know, exactly, then fine. and not called your parents. It, right? Oh my gosh. were no, no. your parents siding with with her? I don't. They are trying it, to bend the fence. I, I think that's what it is. And they know that they can get to me, but it didn't work. Therapist wow. Lisa held her own. Therapist Lisa. Nice job.
1: Wow. Nice job. No wonder you picked the uh, <laughs> right? how to avoid a political argument there you topic. go. Well, I don't know. Well, and then I, I guess I'd be more interested in Pastor John likes to debate. So how do you stay the pastor and friend to people when you want to debate them? And some people don't want like debating. They yeah. think it's an argument. All right. So coming up next is Douglas County student who gave the homecoming. Crown to a disabled student. It's beautiful. And a six-year-old who wrote a thank-you letter to police, and they thanked the kid back. Coming up.
0: The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver.
1: Hey, it's Angie Austin. I'm here with my friend, Francis Owens with ARC. And Francis, you and I have been friends a long time and you and I both wanted to do something with our lives, with our careers that made a difference. I love ARC. I've gotten to know so many of the Differently Abled Ambassadors yep. through you yep. and it's shopping with a purpose. So when we shop there, the money actually goes to help the disabled community locally and you need donations.
4: We need donations all the time and we are very, very happy to come pick them up. You can easily call 303 238 Jane which is 303-238-5263. We would love to come pick up anything. All of our sales go to help people with disabilities around the state. We raise funds for advocacy.
1: Love it and you can also of course drop things off but they'll come and pick things up for free and again all the money stays locally to help the disabled community and I love to shop there because I find great deals. You can find out more info as well at arcthrift.org. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, She uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe. And every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science
3: says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise but not a lot of it just six to 12 minutes a day and so when I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies people in their 50s 60s even 70s on these workouts on Saturday at 830 man we have a great time and it literally is a 12 minute workout it's all it is and it's easy stuff to do you work at your own pace and you get amazing results
1: yes So come to North Glen Saturdays it's free how do they reach you Dr. Joe call my cell phone
3: 303-349-6011 again 303-349-6011
5: For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. The greatest need for the fall season is for mentors and interns. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to DenverRescueMission.org, DenverRescueMission.org, changing lives in the name of Christ.
1: Well, that was an interesting discussion with therapist Lisa and also <laughs> Pastor John Byrne about um, families unfriending each other on Facebook regarding Facebook posts. So that was interesting <laughs> about politics. You have a new view of
2: me. Hi, huh, Angie.
1: I'm telling you, my friend Steve <laughs> Mudflop McGrew, he's losing friends daily because he's very outspoken wow. about his conservative beliefs. And um, yeah, so yeah. I respect what he has to say. Sometimes he says things about women that I'm not real thrilled about because he right. says that femin- feminists get what they ask for. You know. Let, you know. Well,
3: you know, tone is everything. Yeah. Tone is everything, and that's that's the important part. It's I love a debate, but I don't like it when people use. Um, bad arguments or they use tone that's inappropriate it makes a big difference or attack difference. character attack or attack, right. or attack right, character or call your parents and turn or you <laughs> in <laughs> right. when you're in your 40s I just I just know when when Lisa you know if, if I get in a fight with Lisa I'm calling her mom there you go
2: and I'm going to unfriend so... you you're, you're on my facebook page honey yeah. oh my god and that your brother
1: unfriended your 17 oh year old goodness. son See, that is killing me
2: therapists have drama in their lives
1: too
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're all human right right oh my goodness
1: okay um i hope we have time to get to what your t-shirt says about you like the the Mm. little girls that wear t-shirts or that when I see them for sale in the stores I'm so appalled by some of the things they say but I want to start with good news because we didn't get enough of that in the first segment so this is a Douglas County Colorado students if you're here in Denver the south of Denver and a a student uh, involves homecoming and um, there were two disabled students who really wanted to win and one of the differently abled students did and the other didn't so here's part one 17-year-old Megan Bailey has
0: a smile that will light up a room. The Douglas County High School senior lives with a form of cerebral palsy. It prevents her from speaking on her own.
4: Ian and I have been friends since we were five.
0: And by her side at last night's homecoming dance is Ian Brennan, who is quite the personality himself. Have you ever worn a crown like that before? Yeah, uh uh-huh. He likes crowns. Certainly the two made the perfect pair for their first date. You had a date? A date that won't (laughs) ever be forgotten. You see, at Friday's homecoming game, Megan was crowned homecoming queen and Brad Cooley named King. But Brad didn't hang on to that title even 24 hours. Something didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel like I was the one who was supposed to have it. I don't know, there was just something in me that was like, I just feel like it would be better deserved for someone else. So in a surprise turn of events at the dance Saturday night, Brad found Megan's date, Ian, and selflessly handed over his title.
1: So he hands his title over. Have you guys already heard this story? Well,
2: my kids go to the school. Oh, my gosh. It's so the exact it same nice. one. Yeah. Oh, so did they tell you all about it? No. <laughs> no they,
1: didn't know they didn't know about it.
2: They okay. were at the dance, but Fair. I guess they didn't know about Apparently
1: it. Apparently they need a little therapy. <laughs> <I guess
2: so. laughs> teasing. Therapist Lisa Not teasing. True. All right, here's part two.
1: Made me cry. <laughs> it was amazing. The sweetness of sharing that
2: moment was really amazing.
0: It was really overwhelming. It is a very, very special. Uh, it was a special night, and it's a special memory. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna hold on to that one. And the Brennans are holding this moment a little closer to their hearts, and cherishing this for his mother, who couldn't be there to see it. Just two months ago, Ian's mother died of liver cancer. She's my hero. She was my hero before she was yeah, diagnosed. She was. Yep, she was. And uh, she still is, and our hope now is that we can continue along with a whole team of other people um, the work that she did and um, just make the world a better place, not just for Ian, but for everybody. Inclusion is all these families want for their children, inclusion in school and the community. Both families believe these smiles are a sign of inclusion and progress that others recognize. We all struggle, some just a little differently.
1: And I have to say, Therapist Lisa, you mentioned it was your kid's school. I think we've come a long way in the the way we treat people who are differently Mm -hmm. abled. I see a lot more compassion from kids who, as teens, you think of them just being concerned about themselves, very Mm self-absorbed, which they are to some degree. But to get it that this means so much to this boy.
2: Definitely. I mean, and it's just so nice to hear those stories because we hear so many other stories that are the opposite of this. Right. And kids are good in general. They really are good. And like you said, Angie, I don't think they see. You know, they go beyond disabilities, color of skin, um, you know, they really want to get to know the person. And that boy who gave, I don't remember his name, but who gave him the crown, um, I mean, look what he did for his life, you know, that moment he's going to remember forever.
1: Well, and then Ian's friend too, um, who has yes. cerebral palsy, to for them to be able to be together yes. at this moment. They've known each other since they were five. That was pretty neat. I think
2: they went to the dance together too. Was oh, my understanding. That's so, so
1: sweet. Yes.
3: It is cool, and you know we need to celebrate the the good things, and and it creates an, a better atmosphere where people yes. want to do their good things. Well, we this to.
1: is the good news. If you guys wouldn't have drugged me down <laughs> that most, <laughs> uh, <the> first segment, <laughs> I mean, we forgot. Uh, you forgot <laughs> the good news. Yeah. Okay, so this is just a sweet little six-year-old who wrote a letter um, thanking, they were supposed to thank people, right? And he decided he'd thank the police. And uh, so the police really, when they got wind of this, really thanked him back. Here we go. Patrol cars and sirens.
2: Air one overhead. Surely something bad was happening here.
1: I thought it was just like um, either cars pulled over (laughs) or like, um, I
5: don't know.
1: Turns out. The only casualties were hardened hearts.
5: He showed me his schoolwork folder on Friday, as usual, and this letter was in it. Six-year-old Sammy Daneman had written a letter to police.
1: Dear police officer,
5: thank you for protecting me and my family and my friends. I am also thankful because you put the bad people in jail. Thank you. Thank you very much.
2: Mom, Julie Dateman, shared the letter, and a neighbor forwarded the thank you to Fort Worth Police.
0: Oh, man, this is what we do the
1: job for
3: right here. Kids like Sam.
2: And this afternoon, officers responded with a,
1: you're welcome, straight out of a little boy's dreams.
5: Shout out to Betty Perot and Mrs. Smith. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm, I love you so much. I love you too. Was this a neat surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to top this, am I?
1: mm I mean, he's never going to forget that. So cool,
3: yeah. That is so cool. Well, and, and it's hard because that's a hard profession right now, especially. Oh, they are under so gosh. much scrutiny, and everybody's watching. And, well, especially and they with
1: that f- female officer, uh, Betty, mm-hmm. and I can't think of her last name, but you know what I'm talking about. The she's charged with manslaughter. In right, right. Yeah. Oklahoma. Tulsa, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, right there. That's Boy, uh, if you were thinking about becoming a police officer and that happened, it's such a t- tough situation because she's— in the heat of the moment, she's scared. Right. You know, her heart is racing. There is a helicopter overhead. Hearing is difficult. And, uh, this is. Just... Well,
3: and as much as, you know, and, and there does need to be accountability, but, but man, it is such a tough job. And there's so much scrutiny. And yeah.
2: And they're fearful now. I mean, they are. they're being targeted. But, yeah. Oh, my goodness. They
3: are. So that was that's a cool that's story. I mean a cool someone story. shared
2: well then they shouldn't be you know it's time to get out but how
5: do you <laughs> not know have it's that time? Here? <laughs> yeah, you know? how do you
2: know it's time to get out
1: right? and you're 10 years in and you're trying to get you know to your 20 year retirement or whatever. And it's easy to say, like, oh, well, you should just know that you're not, right. prepared, you know, up for this so you know, quit. Right. Well, there are many times in your job you wonder if you're up for certain things, you yeah. know?
2: And they're one job that they leave their house, they could be killed. Right. I mean, they don't know if they're going to come back alive. Yeah, every I mean, day. Every day. Exactly. Every single
1: day. So, I can't even imagine how the anxiety would get to you, you know?
2: It's a hard job. I mean, they have a high rate of divorce. Mm-hmm, they you do. Know. Um, other other issues don't want to go into it, but it, it is a hard, stressful job. And so it's so great to hear when they reach out to kid and they we've hear time and time again, these stories. So it's not just one time, right. you know, um, they go to the hospitals a lot and visit kiddos. Um, make that you know make them happy you see them on the basketball court in the inner cities and playing with kiddos mm-hmm. I think as parents especially growing up if you're in the inner city the, the best thing to teach your kid is not to fear a cop but to really reach out to them and that they're there to protect them how many parents say if you do something bad you're going to be arrested or you know so now it instills fear for kids with cops instead it's like hey let's let's take a tour to the police department and right. let's, let's meet them let's see that they are here to, to keep us safe, not to make us afraid of them.
1: Right. Lisa, years ago we discussed this next topic um, and I, ugh, I was shopping for my daughter and this was five years ago when we first started the show and we were talking about how those Daisy Dukes little short shorts, right. I'd seen a blog about a mom comparing the boy shorts that were on average little boy shorts, four inches longer than girls, the little boy shorts come to the knee. Faith, who's seven, she loves the boy shorts that come to the knee. And that's funny because then her socks come to her knee and her shorts come to her knee. And then my son says, you look like a gangbanger. And she doesn't know what a gangbanger is. And I'm like, no, she doesn't look like a gangbanger. But I'd rather that she wear shorts down to her knees than those little creepy ones they have. One of my girlfriends actually shops at thrift stores just to get girls' shorts that she feels are a little bit more modest. Mm -hmm. So with that said, we also talked about some of the things written on the front of the girls' shirts. So this mom who wrote this article, You Are What You Wear, um, went and saw like a Superman shirt in the boys department and she thought that was super neat and then she went over to the girls department and she wanted a superhero shirt and they didn't have them. Now there's like the training to be Batman's wife shirt mm. and then there, I, I saw one recently, it was a little baby and it said, um, do my thighs look fat? Um, which, hello, I mean. Yeah, it's the, a baby. It's, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like, and so you're like, well, the baby doesn't matter. Well, you're kind of setting like the tone for your kids exactly. when you're, and then we saw, Um, a shirt at the uh, track over the weekend and um, my husband said, oh my gosh, what what do you think about getting that shirt for Hope? It said, cute but psycho. The girl was about Mm. 12 and I'm like, or future trophy wife, this little pink one with a trophy, future trophy wife. Or there's a little one, um, uh, a onesie for a baby future bride. Uh, parental advisory. Lock up your daughters. And that's on the just the boys shirt. Boys shirt. Yep. Yeah, and then there's a lot about boys being out of control or how you know how great I am. The you know, shirts about um, I don't know just things that aren't about math, like girls not liking math. I'd rather do my makeup. Things mm-hmm. like that and or like little terror. So or I'm a tough guy. It it doesn't seem like a big deal. Or I'm smart like daddy. Uh, be a princess, so I don't really want my daughter to just wear be a princess shirts but not be able to get a Superman shirt. Right. I did find her a pink Superman shirt. It's yeah. really super cute. She loves it. And then my other daughter wanted the boy Superman shirt, so I just buy her the boy the boy shirt. Sure.
2: Yeah. Girls can get away with it. Um, you know, I, I think it's important, just like you said, Angie, and your husband, you wouldn't buy those shirts for your kiddos, you know, that are inappropriate. So... It's about taking back control. We might not have control over who makes those shirts, but we certainly have control whether we buy it or not. And in the long run, if those sales are not, you know, are are not good, they're going to stop making them. Well, right.
3: And that's the question. People are buying them, apparently. You know, and and that's the that's the frustrating part. Right. And, uh, yeah, we, we did the same. Like, we we bought Joe, my son, a shirt when he was little that said, I do my own stunts. And But it's a, in that same genre. Yeah. But there were a whole bunch of shirts. We wouldn't buy them like the one, and we'd seen the one that you mentioned regarding, you know, parental warning, lock up your daughter, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: with a little boy. Like, you're really yeah. going to put that on your little boy. Yeah, right. but people
3: do. And, and, and I think it's – they don't realize they're sending a message Definitely. even when they're very young.
1: And, and really, if you're going to McDonald's Playland and you're wearing a dad really inappropriate T-shirt – like really inappropriate Um, my cousin posted something and he's like the guy someone must have just said something to the guy who's wearing a t-shirt that says bleep 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 he said because he put his coat on Don't go to where you're going to be hanging out with kids and have shirts that are, like, really icky and inappropriate. And you see guys wearing it. Okay, if you're going to go to the biker bar, and I know I'm generalizing here, I'm stereotyping, but if you want to wear it, you know, with your buddies drinking, okay, fine. But don't go into McDonald's Playland or Chick-fil-A wearing that shirt around a bunch of kids.
2: Well, it's boundaries and inappropriate behavior, and I think that's the same thing with, you know, if you let your kids wear those shirts – it goes deeper than that it's how what are you doing as far as parenting goes and what are you what values are you instilling in your kids so that's the same thing as a dad wearing an inappropriate shirt what's going on in home that, that that boundary is crossed.
3: Well, I think, and, and, and you know, scripture says out of the heart comes all kinds of, of evil or wickedness. And, and I think that what's important is that we understand that our hearts need to be changed. Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of people who their hearts haven't been changed. They don't have these boundaries. They don't have these the, this moral compass because, because their hearts have not been changed by Jesus. And so I think it is, it's very unfortunate. And yet, um, I think there's a point where we go, you know what? The world's going to act like the world.
1: Right. And you don't – I mean, come on. You don't want to raise a girl who doesn't feel that she could be self-sufficient if necessary. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that, um, you know, if my daughter gets married and she decides to stay home, I have a problem with that. I don't. But what – I just want my daughter to be well-educated and have the choice to uh, stay home or, you know, have a career outside of the home. And I'm not uh, trying to negate what women do at home. I'm just saying I want my daughter to be prepared, if necessary, to do whatever she wants to do in life. And Children's Place, apologized apologize for this particular shirt, says, My best subjects, shopping, check, music, check, dancing, check. Math, no, but nobody's perfect. <laughs> like totally funny. Not <laughs> my goodness.
3: Such a good valley girl. <laughs> she
2: was.
1: <laughs> they
3: apologized.
1: Yeah. Um. Because you know, a lot of parents were like, "Really?" Or don't worry. You know, if you're not good at math, um, you know, you, uh, you can pursue other things. You know, like Barbies and dolls or whatever. Just that whole genre of shirts is so ridiculous. But I wonder,
2: did they apologize because of their sales being down? So because right. of it, you know?
1: Because people, um. We're upset. We're right. like the J.C. JCPenney uh, um, t shirt that they advertised as saying, and this was a few years back, um, like totally too pretty to do homework. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not. <laughs> you know, I just, it's like, I'm too pretty to do home- homework, so my brother has to do it for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Hi, I'm too pretty to do homework, so my brother has to do it for wow. me. Who's buying that for their kid? Right. Well, and what's funny is my my, um. I don't want to get too. I don't want to give away too much. The therapist, Lisa, like you did earlier. Because I don't want (laughs) to give away the identity of this person. (laughs) Someone who works with my husband. His daughter is cute and really smart and a great athlete. And his son, uh, not as great an athlete, but he's super smart. So. Uh, he said, "Well, you know, uh, my son, you know, he's really smart. He does well in school, but he's not as good, great, uh, you know, not, not as good an af- of an athlete." And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a creepy thing to say, like right in front of him." Hmm. He goes, so he knows, and then he turns his daughter and he said, "And she also knows that if you're pretty, you don't have to be as smart. Like, come on, Angie, you know that's true. You know, you worked in TV news. You know that, like." looks get you really far in life and so you know what it's like for women that you know it's more important that they look good and, and than that they be intelligent and i was like mm. i said to my husband later i'm like was he serious like he said it right in front of his daughter and he goes well he's kind of joking but he's kind of i mean she doesn't know that right. you and know she's young she's like fourth grade or something
3: well let me ask you this because do you think that there's a reality to any of that because I think there is. Everything do is. I
1: do I think that it's a kind of a reality? Yes. Yeah. Do I think women who are uh, attractive and men for that matter do they have it easier in life per se in some in some arenas absolutely. Do I want my kid to think that's a free pass right. in right. life? Like I certainly never. you know, I worked in news in LA and I you know, was a weather woman and I was around a lot of the beautiful people but I don't know that my looks were ever something that I leaned on and certainly as you get older it's certainly not something that I mean it's it fades let's be honest I saw too many women in Los Angeles whose looks had faded and that was their identity and they just were trying to right. hold on to it with everything that they had and so I don't think my identity especially growing up with all boys was ever in how I looked on the outside my identity was so much more about what I could bring to the table intellectually if I was doing like a team project school you know that I wanted to excel so do I think that women get an advantage because of the way they look absolutely do I want my kid to think that or live that way no
3: agreed agreed yeah and I think that's a distinction is it's never an excuse to not to not work hard to not do well or to you know any yeah, skate.
1: Things. you know to skate, skate. yeah that's all right way so uh, your website Pastor John Byrne
3: Grace Fellowship of Lakewood, gfol.org
1: Therapist Lisa. Lifesupportinstitute.com. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. It was fun. Was it fun? It, it was, was fun. You was really were funny, funny fun. today. Okay, thank right. you. And I
2: <laughs> need therapy for my family. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> she was funny, too.
0: Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC thrift stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors.
5: A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions. And if given the chance, we can shine. And I think that Ark has done a very good job at showing that.
0: I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. like helping out different people. A lot of different people I help out.
5: Find the Ark store near you at arkthrift.org. It's a nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop.
0: And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. The summer fun continues in the majestic mountains at YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park and Snow Mountain Ranch. Some time away is just what you need to relax and rejuvenate. Both locations offer so many activities it's difficult to list them all. From guided hikes and archery to campfires and climbing wall, there's something for everyone at YMCA of the Rockies. This summer is still on your mind, but it's never too early to start planning your family reunion for next year. For more information and to plan your visit, go to ymcarockies.org.
1: Welcome back to the good news. Well, one of my high school girlfriends is battling ovarian cancer right now, and she is young. And she said to me, "Uh, Angie, please do a story focusing on Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month. And I agree. So joining us today is Dr. Sharon Lewin, Medical Director for the Department of Gynecological Oncology at the Holy Name Medical Center. Good morning, Dr. Lewin. Good morning. All right. So I understand you did a survey, and we're very interested to hear the results.
4: That's correct. So September is Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, so it's an excellent time to talk about the survey and help bring awareness to the signs and symptoms of ovarian cancer. So in this national survey, over 1,000 women were asked questions to try and understand their knowledge base of gynecologic cancers, and the overwhelming majority of women could not confidently identify any of the symptoms of ovarian cancer.
1: So in terms of the symptoms couldn't you explain some of them to us? Because I feel pretty well educated and I feel like some of these symptoms are things that we may feel when we have a stomach ache or other things that they may be a little bit hard for the average uh, woman to identify.
4: Absolutely. The good thing is that ovarian cancer is not very common, less than 2% of women in the general population. So we certainly don't want to scare anyone, but it's really important to just understand the signs and symptoms. So if a woman has symptoms of feeling bloated, any abdominal or pelvic pain, difficulty eating, feeling full too quickly, any urinary issues. If these things happen on a repetitive basis, it's really important that she is evaluated by her doctor. The other thing that was really important about the study that I should mention is that, unfortunately, the majority of women did not feel that an annual visit to the OBGYN was important. Women often prioritized things like care appointments, eye doctor appointments, they're very busy taking care of a lot of other people in their lives. And it's just very important that women see their OBGYN annually to talk about ovarian cancer and other signs and symptoms of prevention, because it's just a huge preventative visit.
1: I agree. And you're by taking care of yourself, you're taking care of your children and your spouse because they need you. So it's just as important as the things you do for your kids in terms of taking them in for physicals, you have to take just as good care of yourself because they need you. So let's talk about um, um, okay, so obviously they did need to get in for uh, their yearly. If indeed there is a diagnosis, like my girlfriend of ovarian cancer, what are the available treatment options that are out there? Any great advancements that have taken
4: place? There actually are a lot of great advancements. So it's very important that a woman sees a gynecologic oncologist because that physician is a specialized surgeon to really treat ovarian cancer. So it's important some of the best outcomes for women are really to have surgery first to remove all evidence of cancer um, and then followed by chemotherapy. And sort of the best data right now is for what's called chemotherapy in the belly or intraperitoneal chemotherapy. I should also mention that there are a lot of other treatments that are really um, available for women now. One of them is Avastin, which is a drug that's uh, made by Genentech. It's um, been FDA approved for women with a subset of ovarian cancer. Um, There are some side effects associated with it, but this as well as a lot of other uh, drugs on the market have really made a tremendous advance for women um, who are diagnosed with this disease. All right. I'm
1: curious where women can go who are d- diagnosed with ovarian cancer because my girlfriend, Karen, she, um, I sent her somewhere and it ended up that they just work with women with breast cancer. And, you know, some women actually need support too when they're not working. She's a nurse and she can't work for a while with just even buying their groceries or making a house payment. So where do they go to find out about support groups and other things um, during, you know, their treatment, etc.?
4: That is an excellent question. So they can actually come to our website, which is org, and we can help direct women to the appropriate um, sites and organizations. For more information, women can also see the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition's website, uh, they can also go to the Society for GYN oncologists or the Foundation for Women's Cancer. So, those are just some important resources for women. But I just can't stress enough the importance of the annual OBGYN visit and for women to really feel empowered to talk to their physicians about any worries they have, any signs or symptoms, and also about their family history, because there is a significant component of ovarian cancers that are due to genetic reasons. And so um, trying to find out if you have a high risk for ovarian cancer and preventing it from developing in the first place is so important.
1: Very important. Thank you so much, Dr. Sharon Lewin. Really appreciate your expertise on this matter. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angie.
0: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.